This is OPI Talk, the voice of the business products industry. Hello, I'm Andy Braithwaite and welcome to this episode of OPI Talk. Now, one of the impacts of COVID-19 has been an acceleration of the shift to e-commerce and all things digital. What does this mean for the independent dealer? My guest today is TJ Crane, someone who has been involved in bringing technology solutions to the office products industry for more than 30 years. I spoke to TJ about what he sees as the technology priorities for dealers in the current climate. Hi TJ, maybe we can start by you giving us a quick rundown of your career. You bet. So um, I got into technology right when I was actually still in college, hooked up with a firm and wrote a product called Copus. We had a variety of customers, but we started getting some expertise in office products and and automated a variety of them in the the California area. Copus was acquired by United slash Ascendants in the mid 80s. And as part of that acquisition, uh, five key employees went from that company to United. So I worked for United out of City of Industry for about two and a half years and then moved to Chicago. We installed it about through through the career there, about 250 large dealers across the US. Uh, it was very successful because back in those days, the ability to transmit orders to United actually almost tripled the volume with, with United for those particular dealers. So it was, it was very, made, made life very easy. A, a lot of new technology broke through at that point in time. Just the ability to load price updates and del- do telecommunications was important. I then left the company and started this consulting company for about three or four years. Eventually, United sold Copus back to me and we formed a company. I actually was partnered with United to create UBC in the 90s. Continued having success with that product, but we sold it to ECI in 2000. Went back to work at United in early in the mid 2000s, and during that period of time, we acquired MBS Dev and got the rights to the Evolution product in the U.S. Left United in about 2012 and formed my current company, PTC Associates. We we basically work with dealers on either um, converting systems, going from one system to another, or we help dealers leverage their technology and make sure they're getting the most bang for the buck in the software that they're using today. ISG outsourced their IT department to me. So I spend about half of my month working with the ISG staff and uh, on day-to-day and strategic opportunities with ISG and, and working with their dealers. Okay, great. Perhaps we can talk about you know, d- dealers uh, and technology uh, in some more detail, especially in the context of COVID-19 and the way that that has you know, highlighted the need to have you know, robust technology on, on many levels, you know, looking at ERP and e-commerce and AI and leveraging data and content and all, all those kind of things. Where does the IDC in general, where does it stand on, on all these different different things? Well, I think that the, the interesting thing that the COVID has done is really um, pushed all companies to understand and, and leverage virtual capabilities. Um, most a, a large number of dealers have pushed their technology technology to the cloud, which I've been a proponent of for years and years. Um, you know, focus on what you're good at and let somebody else take care of the mundane things like backing up systems and keeping systems current, those kinds of things. 
Um, ISG is actually a good example because when, when the decision was made for people to stay home, they actually didn't miss a beat because all the technology is in the cloud. So whether someone's working at their desk in the office or their desk at home, it's just a matter of logging on and, and doing business. So um, very important to understand those capabilities. And quite candidly, the, the industry as a general rule uh, was, was pretty ready to do that. So that, that's the good news. Um, E-commerce is obviously key. What was always important is being really pushed home pretty hard right now. Um, and, and dealers have decent e-commerce capabilities. I, I think that one of the vulnerabilities is we need to lose our, the old B2B mentality and, and more embrace the, uh, the consumer capabilities that most of the competitive products out there. We need to be able to show all the products we have the ability to sell and, and the street pricing on those kind of things, whether a dealer or whether a consumer is logged on or not. COVID has also pushed a big product mix change. So getting into um, related categories, uh, PPE is a great example, which is you know some dealers actually have increased sales um, compared to this time last year, just because of the integration of those additional um, product categories. So I, I think years have shown that the IDC is, is phenomenal at adapting to the times and, and and really addressing the needs of, of their customers. And, and that's obviously key because when you talk about the Amazons and the Staples and those kinds of folks, they're great big box mentality in terms of moving a lot of product, but our, our dealers, the one differentiator they have is their ability to take care of and know their customers. And that local local mentality is, is huge. So I think from a technology standpoint, the IDC is a much more complex than most folks, folks understand. It's not just pushing brown boxes. Uh, the integration of stock and non-stock environments and, and the ease of adapting to that is, is key. And you know, quite, quite honestly, this industry has been doing it for years. And, and I may be jumping into some of your other questions, but I think that some of the technology in our industry and the, the, dominant, the dominant products out there, the technology is old. Uh, it's evolved system, so it's kind of a good news, bad news situation. We Technology can address just about everything under the sun, but the ability to adapt to new technology and new functionality is lacking. The IDC, if you look at traditional businesses, you, you would generally say that from 1.5 to 2% of total revenue is spent on technology. That doesn't happen in the IDC. Most are actually under 1%, right? and quite candidly, dealers complain about less than 1% that they're spending. Flip side of that is that, uh, you know, our partners need to be in investing in technology and talk a little bit about that more later on. But. Okay, yeah. I mean, that, that was definitely one of my questions was, you know, is there enough investment in technology in the IDC? So my general answer is no. Um, I, I think that the investment in technology is definitely lacking. When you look at our competitors, the Amazons and Staples, uh, and you look at their IT budgets, it's you know they, they smoke our capability in terms of what can be done and can't be done. And I think that the major there, there's a variety of, of third-party vendors, so software providers out there have varying degrees to to reinvest. Smaller guys just don't have the capital to do the things they they can do. And I think that when you look at the the big boys out there that are VC-owned types of companies. 
their their investments back to get an ROI for their investors as opposed to making the technology better, especially in a contracting marketplace. It makes it difficult. So Okay. Sounds I a challenging a challenging situation. And what 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 would you recommend? Well I, I think that you know, so if I, I paint the, the prettiest picture I can, if, if we could figure out a way to get the manufacturers, the wholesalers, and the buying groups who are all interested in, in the IDC succeeding, we need to find a way that we reinvest in, in some technology or groups of technology to make that happen. The reality is, is the, you know, there's there's a huge obstacle to, for new players to come into the marketplace because it just costs a lot of money to get the technology right, and getting dealers to actually switch systems is is a very difficult process. It's you know, dealers look at switching systems as the equivalent of doing open heart surgery in a three wheeled car when its tires is flat. It's just not a pretty picture. So, but I I think that. You know, and I, I don't know what the answer is. I, there are some new entrants in the field that the Prima folks that came over, Evolution X guys on the e-commerce side. I, I think that's important to see these guys succeed. Uh, we just need to get systems to talk to each other better. Okay. When you look at the systems that you know, many dealers are, are on at the moment, I mean, are they you know, scalable, future-proof, or are there some limitations that are holding dealers back? The key to me and the key for a while has been, we've got to have the best e-commerce capability out there that we can have, and which means we've got to look at players whose expertise is there, that's who they are and what they're about. And that'd be, you know, be the logic blocks, the evolution guys, the, you know, the, the, the folks that really focused and that's, that's in their wheelhouse. We need to get those guys to integrate with the, the largest number of backend systems. And today, that works for some systems okay, but it doesn't work in really some of the biggest biggest systems out there. So if we could figure out a way to get past that little obstacle, we, we would address 50% of the issues we have out there. So I, I think that that's, that that's an important thing to understand because, again, at the end of the day, most of the back-end systems do everything they need to do. Uh, they've evolved, they've been out there a while, and they've seen everything, but getting the e-commerce capability to and we say at united say keep keep staples and amazon's uh tail lights in view as we go down the road uh, that's the important piece that's that's really the focus and related to that access to content across all the categories not just the content that the that the wholesalers sell but the content that the manufacturer has all products that piece is important as well sure i mean and those are things that we've covered over the past few years in OPI, and it seems to be an issue that, ha- that you know that there hasn't been a successful outcome, despite the you know, the best efforts of of many. You know, wh- where are you now in in that journey? So we have, and and, and quite candidly, that's been a, a pet project and a, a passion of mine to address the the content issue. And we made uh, the ISG made some some pretty extensive efforts to get it to work on a standalone basis. We then started working with Edelize to, to make something available through the, the SP loads and we're having some success there. Look, I think if you look forward in a couple of months, we may have some additional answers that may make that a, a much better situation because the issue is we've, we've kind of put the, the process out there that will work, but we need to get better supplier participation and and push push that concept a little bit more the challenge is if we get it working on the sp side with eat 
it doesn't necessarily address the the ascendant folks. So there's there's still a hole to be figured out. Hmm. I mean, when you look at look at it from the dealer's perspective, I imagine that they, you know, regardless of wholesale or wholesaler affiliation, they just want to have you know the widest range of products available and have that data and content of those products available the situation now is is it satisfactory for the dealers who you need to have that almost endless aisle of products and the answer to that is no you know there are methods to get that content out there the problem is it's labor intensive and when you look at opportunities to streamline and, and make the best use of assets out there if we as a as a industry can figure out how to make all that available to the dealers that want it as opposed to Today, a dealer has to grab what they can from the wholesaler. Then if they've got a manufacturer that the wholesalers carry, they've got to go pull their content. And then if they want a, you know, want Smeed's full line, they have to go out there and grab the, the SKUs that the wholesaler doesn't stock. It's, it's just time consuming. If we can do that in a centralized standpoint, and, and quite candidly, a centralized approach makes more and more sense the further we get going down here. Then that information can be made available and, and the work can be done one time as opposed to, you know, 400 dealers going down the process and doing the same thing. Okay, good. Does that tie in with the work you're doing at the moment at ISG? It does. It does. That's, you know, the, the effort is to, to make this as simple and, and quite candidly at ISG, we went so far as to say, you know, dealers will help you do the loads and we'll, we'll help you do the, the search optimization and those kinds of things. And, you know, some dealers participate and some don't, but the, the objective of ISG right now is to really figure out how we address the content issue, how we address a, a robust search option for, uh, for all members across, regardless of wholesale affiliation, because the board recognizes that technology is, it's a definite challenge in this industry moving forward. And we have to come up with some answers or at least some kind of a, a road path that makes some sense. Okay. What about, for example, mobile? What's the IDC capabilities in, in the mobile commerce space? You know, that's, that's a very interesting question because I've, I've pushed mobile and the, the need for mobile for years and years. And um, I'll tell you that it's had varying degrees of success with our dealers in general getting implemented and some people just don't want to spend the time. And the challenge really boils down to this. There is a, an inherent prejudice to work with the buying methods that, the, that are the members, customers have used for years and years. So centralized buying, you know, management hierarchies in terms of getting orders approved, those kind of things. The reality is, especially with COVID, you've seen a, a market switch to where businesses are getting rid of that kind of buying mentality and letting individuals go procure their own products, especially when they're sitting at home. So now all of a sudden mobile that was kind of not important to, to a dealer a year ago, kind of is important because a lot of those people that work in home are the millennials and the younger generations that are sitting on their phone or their iPad, not necessarily on their laptop. So I, I think that mobile becomes more important. I think that if I was to make a, a broad brush analogy is Mobile is a huge challenge in this industry because we don't have great answers out there today. Okay, that's uh, slightly concerning. <laughs> Do people have their independent dealer front of mind when they're sat at home thinking, I need to buy some supplies or some new technology uh, products for my home office? 
Yeah, I think that's definitely the challenge. Now, the, the good news is most, as a general rule, the companies like the local relationship and some of them will enforce that. So you still have to buy through that dealer. But I think that, again, with the, the COVID switch and more people working at home, are people just you know buying products and then expensing it as opposed to running through through the company? And I I, I don't have any anecdotal information to, to know which way that's flowing, but that that's the piece that would concern me. And the problem is that you know the cows are out of the barn. We can't we can't close the doors and, and fix fix the mobile technology right away. But but I do think that and and I will tell you that that some some of the software providers have spent a lot of money trying to get mobile to work and they just haven't gotten the the participation they wanted for a variety of reasons. Some of it's some of it's usability, some of it's older sales forces that aren't pushing that technology down to to their businesses. So it's there's not a lot of you can point a lot of fingers, but the reality is the the actual usage is not where it ought to be. Yeah. One thing that's uh, coming on online fairly soon is this federal marketplace that the GSA is introducing and they're about to introduce a pilot with uh, Amazon and Overstock and uh, another another supplier there. Where do you think the IDC stands on 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 that? Should and I, I imagine that Amazon is trying to encourage dealers to become resellers on on that marketplace. Where, where what's your view on that? And should should dealers be looking at Amazon just as another outlet to to reach their customers? You know. Um, it, it, it looks tempting. I mean, the, the concept that you can go to Amazon platform and have have exposure to to the millions of users out there sounds great. I'll tell you that in, in my experience over the past several years and working with dealers that have participated in in the, the the marketplace, Amazon have not had what's called varying degrees of success. So some of the some of the guys that are really uh, e-commerce specialists have have done well because they're working on lower margin, lower cost of business and those kinds of things. But the problem with Amazon is if you're highly successful in a particular area, they're gonna take a close look at it and decide that they can do it better and cheaper and make more money, number one. Number two, you're paying them a lot of money to, to participate in that marketplace. So if you do the analysis on it, when you look at uh, how much money you're really making on, on some of those opportunities, in some cases you're lucky if you're breaking even. So unless you're working for back-end money on it from a rebate standpoint or, or things along that that line, it's it's a it's it's a walk with the devil. <laughs> it's 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 a tough place to be. I've heard so, that I've heard that one before. Yeah, that's <laughs> the challenge. Yeah. Okay. You you made the analogy of keeping Amazon and the big boxes in in keeping their tail lights, if you like, uh, within view. Uh, is that the case at the moment? And if not, how far behind is the IDC? So, you know, it varies according to the system provider. Again, I, going back to what I said earlier, there are some companies who e-commerce is right in their wheelhouse. It's all they do. We need to figure out a way to exploit those kinds of guys. The reality with the reality is, you know, the more we can get to an open architecture out there, so we can take best of breed in, in each area and link them together, the more challenging it's going to be for us. So I would say that if I look at the IDC as a general rule, that the taillights have gotten a little bit further away. I will say there are some things that we do well, and there's some some things that we in the industry do that the big boxes can't. That maintains the stickiness of the relationship. But it's it's a challenge. I think that 
you know, more, more money, more, more um, assets needs to be invested in that area because quite candidly, I, I see that as the number one priority for the industry is to have best of class in that area so that we, we are not losing from a technological standpoint because we can, we can really win on the relationship and the service proposition and, and taking care of the, the customer. Sure. And that, that's always been a point where, where dealers have excelled. And as you rightly said, yep. as you rightly said earlier, that's a, that's a point of differentiation, differentiation between you know, the big boxes and Amazon, but it, on the, it, it's on, huge. yeah. But again, on the other side of the coin, dealers can't afford not to have their technology up to speed and to a level of use that the, the consumers are used to. Correct. Mm. Very, very accurate. Any other points there that you think we haven't covered or I haven't asked you about? No, yeah. I, think, I think we did good. I mean, we covered the general areas. And again, I think that we really need to find a, a means to, to remove workload from, from dealers to give them the ability to seamlessly have full access to all product lines as well as ease of getting into related categories as we figure out more ways to service a deal or if we can address those kind of things, uh, mm. the IDC, as we know it, will continue to succeed. Okay. Do you think there is more willingness on the part of these various stakeholders to to make these things happen? I I think so. I think, you know, there, there's, there's, a, there's a new sheriff in town down in Atlanta. I think that they they're definitely have a different point of view on on how, you know, what they should be good at and where they should be investing. And I think that IHD continues to try to figure out how to help help dealers succeed and give them the tools that they need. So and I think the suppliers definitely want to have something out there. The, the, the challenge is always how you, number one, what is it that we can ha- help them fund? And number two, you know, how we can get that funding. But I, I think there's a definite opportunity to figure out a way to, to get better technology out there or at least enhance the technology that's out there in a, a cost-effective and productive way. Okay, sounds good. Listen, TJ, thank you for your time today. Appreciate that. And uh, yeah, all the best. Catch up soon. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you for listening to OPI Talk. Find us at opi.net for all the latest news and analysis from the business products world. You can download our app from the App Store or Google Play. Just search for OPI Magazine.